You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares from the wellsprings of Jewish spiritual teaching and practice and guides us on a path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine. So, the last time we learned, for those of you who were here, those of you who weren't here, we looked at an amazing Midrash Chazal about the birth of Adam and the birth of prayer. And just to, to quickly summarize, the Gemara Nechuli in Sameh Amud Aleph says that we have a story that in, we have a contradiction in the different ways that Masa Breshit is told. Is that in the first parak of Breshit, we clearly see that God commands there to be grass and trees and plant life, veg- vegetation on the third day of creation. But then, after Vayichul it's after this, when, it, when in Parak Bet, when we hear the telling of the day on which Hashem created humankind, which puts us back on day six of creation, if we're going sequentially, it says all of a sudden the plants are not yet in the earth. So the Gemara asks, how do we reconcile this? Were there plants on day three? Why are there no plants on day six? And, and, and the answer is that the plants um, all sprouted, but they were standing suspended right at the crust of the earth, not yet ready to flourish onto the face of the earth until Adam Arishon came, was created, and could pray and bring the rain. This was to teach that there is a desire embedded in creation itself that there be prayer. That the world can be created and all the pieces can be there, but there's as so long as there's not a human being to recognize the needs of the world and ask for rachamim, the rainfall, and you know, we I think I mentioned it's like turning the switch on in the factory. Like everything's there, the pieces are all ready to go, but but there's there's another element that's needed, and that's the element of tefillah, tefillah to Adam, of human prayer. And we explore that together. I'm not going to rehash everything we looked at there. Today, I want to continue part of what we what we saw last week, because we talked about prayer's role and function in the universe, in in creation and masabration. What I want to focus on today is another side of that very same idea, which is the role of tefillah as, as the central, not only function, but actual identity of what it is to be human. Because the story that Chazal is telling us is also the story of how human beings came to be created and for what purpose human beings came to be created, to be the prayers of the world. Okay? So, before we go into Mekorot, we will see Mekorot that address it directly, linking it to the, the Medrash Chazal we saw. But right now, I want to just kind of give a few hakdamot to this idea from, from a few other sources. Uh, the Mishnah in Bavakama, opening, opening lines of Bavakama, says, Arba Avot Nezikin. It's listing what are the four primary categories of damages. Bavakama is about property, about damages. How do you... How do you deal with people when, you know, our, our belongings or our, or, our, or our actions or things that belong to us break other people's property? How do you deal with that? So that becomes the only thing. It says there's four main categories, four main causes of damage in this world. So there's, there's, there's pits that can cause damage. There's animals that can cause damage, etc., etc. One of the categories of damages is called the mav'eh. And the Gemara asks on on Daf Gimel Amibet, "My Mav'eh, what is a Mav'eh? What is this damaging force in the world that we're talking about?" Rav Amar, Mav'eh ze Adam. Rav says a Mav'eh is a code word for a human being. Human beings are one of the the main causes of damage in this world. Literal translation. Oh, we'll get there. Okay. Shmuel Amar So Shmuel says, no, 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 Mav'eh has to do with uh, uh, teeth. This is about like animals who will, you know, will bite or eat somebody's property. But, but we're going to stick with Rav. Rav says, no, Mav'eh is code word for, for a person. Why? 
Rav Amar Mavaze Adam Nichtiv. Rav brings a, a proof for, for this idea from Yeshayahu, who says, Amar Shomer Atavoker Vegamlaila Im Tivayun Beayu Shuvu Etayu. May may be familiar with uh, the beginning of this pasuk is uh, brought in the beautiful piyutz for Matzah Shabbos. Tamavdim in Kodesh Lachol Ata Boker Ata Shomer Amar Shomer Ata Boker Vegamlayla. The the context there in Yeshayahu is basically a metaphor: God being the watchman of day and night, the Shomer, the protector, the guardian of day and night. Im Tivayun Beayu. That the, the prophet is saying, the ayun has to do with the language of bakasha, of request, of tefillah, as we'll see in a moment. But Yeshayahu is saying, if you want to pray, so pray and do tshuva. Shuvu etayu, return, return. I'll read you now the next Makar I brought is Rashi's Perush on Sefer Yeshayahu on the Pasuk. Here's what Rashi says. Im tevayun be'ayu. Im tevakshu be'kashatchem lemaher haketz. Shuvu atayu b'tshuva. Basically, the Prophet is telling Am Yisrael, if you're going to sit around praying, requesting that I redeem you, so pray to me and do tshuva. Pray to me and do tshuva. The language of is a language of request. You see this throughout uh, the Gemara and Aramaic as well. Um, the, lang- the, the word bet has to do with making a request, sometimes making a demand, sometimes asking a question. I, I, I think this, maybe this is right, maybe a linguist there can correct me, but the, the in, in Hebrew, the 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 word habi'ah from the root bet ayin hey also means to express. To express. It's the same as ba'ya. It's re- I think it's related to ba'ya. But but right now, the, so let's just see what is Rav saying. Rav saying one of the main sources of damage in this world is is a human being. What is a human being? A human being is one who requests things. A human being is a maf'eh. Is somebody who seeks something and asks for it. That the identifying word of what it means to be human is to be one who makes requests. We seek things out in this world. That's by definition how the Mishnah, the Gemara, according to Rav, is saying what, it, what does it mean to be human? To seek something, to ask for it. In the original Lashon of Yeshayahu, really to pray, to express, to express a desire, to feel a desire, express a desire, and seek for that desire to be fulfilled. And that's expressed as one of the damages in the Mishnah. It's one of the causes of damage. Yeah, why do people mess each other, mess things up? Because we all, we want things from each other. We want things for ourselves. We get into hairy business. Is it? Is it that? I mean, is it Lashon to Filah? Like, is it? It is. is it the, that one of the causes of damage is expressed. So, so to equate damages in prayer would be a whole other iun uh, for us. But I'll just I'll leave I'll give like a little tzarich iun is that one of the languages of prayer is pigiah, lifgoa, which means to 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 crash into. Right? We we're going to see it in a few. That's where we learned that Yaakov Avinu Davin Tefillat Mariv. Yemriyahu says if you're if you really want it, so so. He uses the word lafgiya also as, as, as a lashon of prayer. So there is some kind of encounter that prayer um, can evoke as well. But, but, but really, I just want to say just this, the little remez here is that Chazal is calling a human being, is defining a human by the word as one who makes requests, one who demands something, asks things of, of, of reality of the world. I want to look at one more makar with you, which... Is uh, is just a, a beautiful, in my mind, a beautiful idea that uh, I've been looking for this for years. It took me some work to track it down. Um, this is from Sefer Ben Yehoyada, which is the Ben Ishchayr of Yosef Chaim. Um, it's his Perush on on the Gemara. 
and his parish on Gemara Sanhedrin. So I'll tell you just the context there. The Gemara there is talking about Masef Korach. And if you remember, um, in, in the story of Korach, there's this language about, about everything that's surrounding the feet of Korach's people. And Chazal in the Gemara Sanhedrin says, what does it mean, the stuff by your feet? The stuff by your feet, possessions, money. Why is money called the things by your feet? It gives you a standing. Your possessions, your money lets you gives you a place to stand in this world. Okay, this is just Hakdama. When the Benishchai goes on, Benishchai, I'm gonna try to try to paraphrase and and choose what to read in here. Benishchai starts by saying that there's a mimer in the Gemara and Eruvin that says we could say that every single person in this world isn't chayev and davening. Nobody has an obligation to pray. Why? Because nobody can have kavana. Because it's as if our suffering in this world, it makes us, it renders us like drunkards. We're drunk from being in exile. We're drunk from being in pain and suffering. Nobody can daven with kavana, so nobody needs to daven al pihadin. That's a mimer, I think it's Rav Sheshen, the Gemara says this. But the Ben Yishchai comes along and says, well, but if somebody has mamon, if mamon, possession, property, wealth is something that gives a person a sense of stability, it's mamidal raglav, gives you a place to stand. So if somebody has what to stand on, so you can say, no, they do need to pray. They're not all distracted by, by, their, by their pain of their needs and, and being a sense of nowhere to stand in this world. You have something that gives you a place to stand and you, you, you need to pray from there. But look what, what, what the Benishchai goes on and says. <clears throat> I'm uh, about halfway down where it says, Behine, Behine. Okay? There's something called, especially in the Sifri Kabbalah, the milui of a word. The milui is like the filling of the word. So you see the word Adam, Aleph, Dalid, Mem. But the Benjikai says, what if you expand each of those letters to spell out those letters themselves? Aleph, instead of just an Aleph, is Aleph, Lamed, Pei. You spell the word, the letter Aleph. Dalit is Dalit, Lamed, Tav. You spell the, Dalit, you spell the Mem. He says, the Milui, those extra words that fill in Aleph, Dalit, and Mem, when you spell each letter out, you put those letters together, and it actually forms the word Mitpalel. The Milui of the word Adam is mit." Pray. Praying. You see that? See the Lamed Pei from Aleph, the, the Lamed Taf from Dalit, and the Mem from, from Mem? Forms the word Mit Palel. What fills out the identity of a human being is prayer. And he goes on, he says, Vahamilui. What is the milui? He says it's not just like a cute little thing. The milui is what gives legs to the letters that are there on the surface. As if like if you were to, you know, I'm imagining it almost like a telescope. At the, at the small end of the telescope, you see Aleph, Dal, and Mem. But if you go more deeply into those letters, those words themselves, you're going to find the, the fuller picture of what you're looking at. And when you see the fuller picture, what is its more base, core identity? It's the milu. It's what, what's filling it, what gives it substance. What gives substance to Adam is what, is what fills it, is the prayer that fills it. So he says, this is what the Gemara says. He's like, it's not just about a person, their money, whatever. When we think about what is it that is the true sustenance of an Adam, what truly sustains a human being? It's the filling. It's our true possession. It's our true wealth, which is the prayer that, that lies at the core of our being. This is what's Mami Do Al Raglav. This is what gives us ground to stand on. And he learns from this, he goes, as much as we would like to say, nobody ever needs to pray because we're all, we're all confused and we all have nothing to stand. He says, no, 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 at our core is prayer itself. And prayer itself is what we have to stand on. 
And we, for, for this very reason, we can't be, be put to ourselves from doing tefillah. We can't say, no, 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 I can't pray, I'm too confused. No, no, you just have to go a little deeper and see that at your, at your core, the substance of, 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 of your very being is prayer. And your, your prayer itself is, is the ground that you have to stand on in this world. Now, if we relate that to what we saw in the Medrash Chazal and Gemara Chulin, and we'll see the Beis Yaakov in a, in a moment say this in, a, in, a, in another more articulate way, is that according to the Gemara, humankind is brought to this world in order to pray. And it doesn't just mean like that's the job description. It also means that's the motivation. That's the, the reason, the very purpose that brought us here. So what could this possibly mean? We'll, we'll continue to explore this, okay? Um, flip the page. We're going to read now from two pieces from the Beis Yaakov, Allah Torah. Beis Yaakov is the second Ishpitzerebi, the son of the Meshulah. Okay. And uh, these are two, two drasha from the Beis Yaakov on, on Parsha Breshit, on the words, Na'ase Adam, right? when Hashem says, let us create Adam. So we'll start with the paragraph on the right. This is paragraph uh, Lamed Tet. Just at the, the, the top of the line. V'zehu. He says, V'zehu kidmutenu. He says that, that the, he's quoting the Zohar that says that when they come to arrive at the world of separation, Alma de Peruda, we're describing here the process of, of creation. When we arrive in the realm of separate entities, separate creative elements, which is Olam Hanif Dalim, which is already a world that's, that's distinct from its source. Amar Omana Lemare Binyana, then the craftsman, the architect says to the builders, the, the, to the Bale Omana, the, the construction workers, Nase Adam Bitsalmenu Kidmutenu. Here, the Zohar is talking about what, what is this plural? Why is it spoken in plural? Two reasons. We're talking already in the Olam of, of Perud, in the world of separate entities, in a world where creation has now reached a point where things are at least in their form appear to be distinct from one another and distinct from their creator. And then the creator says to all of those elements of creation, let us create in our image. Now listen to this. Kidi'ita. So now he's quoting from the Arizal and he's going to say this is also brought in the Tikkun Ezor. Shehamamar nasa adam hayalachol hanivrayim. What is the pro- plural proclamation, let us create human beings? Now, Chazal, we know Rashi, they say, okay, it's, it's God speaking to the angels, right? But the, but the Tsar takes it even further. Nase Adam is to everything that was created before Adam was created. Because everything was created before Adam was created. Everything but Adam, right? Everything was there. And then the Tsar is saying, Hashem turns to all of creation and says, let us, all of us, create this being in our image. For all of all that exists in created world to give of itself, to contribute something of itself to make this being called Adam. And to Adam. And to agree together, yes, let's make this one. Entity that's really going to be composite of all, of a piece of all of us. He goes on, I'm, I'm going to try to paraphrase here, that, that the Zohar basically speaks about Adam being a kalul mehakol, being inclusive of all that exists. The Zohar speaks about it in terms of every svira, giving of itself, giving a portion of itself. Each of the spherot gave a piece of itself to Adam, meaning all of the elements in creation contributed something of their very essence, their very being, to create a composite being that could, that can include all of them together. So that from this collective entity called the human being, it could benefit 
all that exists. Meaning, if humanity includes something of everything, if we have a bit of everything in us, so it means that we can also help benefit the entire universe. Because there's a sense of belonging, of shaykhut, of connectedness to everything that exists. Rather, rather than merely being a world of havdalot, a world of distinct entities, which we'll see in a moment is, is what was described by the Gemara beforehand, right? The grass, the sun, the wind, the th- they're all the birds. They're all in different, they're all different portions. Nothing is interacting. We saw Remember, there was no conversation. There was no conversant reality where the universe was, was a shared entity. Nothing in the world could talk to each other. That's what we'd explored last time. So he comes along in Adam, and Adam it's, itself is formed by the entirety of creation saying, yes, we want something to include all of us and be able to, to unify this existence and let us interact as one. Well. Let's keep reading. <laughs> he says something beautiful, only the Yaakov could say this. And if there would ever be something missing. So can, so on the one hand, Adam can benefit the entire universe. On the other hand, because the whole universe is invested in the creation of this being, if there's anything missing in the Tzurat Adam, if hum, humankind is also lacking, Yazru kulam lahoshio. The whole creation can, can conspire together to, to save the human the world can scream back to God. What are you going to do? You're going to let your great name be, be vanquished in this world? You're going to let this world not have an awareness of you? That there's this mutual, mutually beneficial relationship now between a human being who includes some of all that exists and the rest of existence who, who sees this, this being as, as, as something that that they that they now care about and have a, have invested connection with. The primary arousal, awakening, motivation for the creation of human beings. It was from the scream and the cry of all that was created beforehand. Because the, the, the created universe recognized we're missing something. We're missing a, a leader, a mediator, a bridge maker between us and our creator. What is the universe without a human being? It's a collection of things, a collection of elements, countless, you know, molecules and, and, and entities. And, and, but there's no, that's what we spoke about last time, there's no hakara, there's no awareness. There's no unifying, binding awareness that can articulate the relationship between all these things and the relationship between them and the place they come from. This is from the cry, the scream of the world to have this hakara, to have this mindful, aware, cognizant being, that's what, that's what we're, we're born from. If you will, we are born from the prayer of the world itself to have a conscious connection with, with the Creator. And that's what prayer is, is the, the expression of the consciousness of... Uh, prayer, is, uh-huh. prayer is in this... Model, it's in in a sense, it's yes, it's expressing that it's it's bringing it's an expression that brings consciousness into this field of creation, and but even more so, it's it's in a sense being the mouthpiece of 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 all that exists. We are the mouthpiece of the universe. The needs of the world are not expressing themselves in in speech. We are communicating back to our creator. The experience of this worldly life. Are you saying? We're communicating what we want all these things to do for us or for the world. For us or what we want God to do for the world. We're not only praying about what what benefits us there. We're also praying for what benefits benefits the world, benefits us as well. But we we are speaking on behalf of the the universe. We are the mouth mouth of, of, of the universe. 
how can we begin to imagine how I might approach prayer from this vantage point? How might I begin to approach prayer from this perspective where, oh, wait a minute, I'm born into this world from a yearning of the creation to have a conscious relationship with its creator. God endows human beings with a unique perspective and and awareness to see, understand, be in conversation with what's around us, to understand, even have a conception of what's not here, which we talked about last week. Where does that even come from? An idea of what's not here. And to, to begin to express a yearning for greater fulfillment in what is here. <coughs> and that's something that that's a, a, a dialectic that exists within the details of my own life, of what's here and what's not here and the yearning for more. That's something I can be aware of when I look or, you know, at, at the people around me, at my family, at my nation, at my city. Um, human society, something I can see when I look at the natural world. Like, what it, what what would it be like to to begin before I start saying anything? To just sense, like, well, what are the cells in my body even formed from? What is this consciousness that I that I just take for granted and assume as a given? Where is this? What's it even doing here? How did it get here? And and. I'm not going to go into that in in depth right now, but when you look at how our prayers work, they actually force us to encounter this. What's the first bracha you say in the Birkos HaShach? We begin by just opening our our eyes, say, oh my goodness, this thing called awareness? Whoa. When you get to this Amidah, the first bakasha you make, wait, this thing called Dad? Whoa. Like before we begin to ask for things, before we get lost in the stuff or in the words the tefillah is asking us to take a step back and just become aware of the big picture of what is it to be here anyway what are we what are we doing here in the form that we are and now if i can really sense into that what are the yearnings and desires and whether it's something i have words for or even things that i can just begin to feel what that can be born from that you know from just touching that basic sense of encountering the place that i'm Born from. Uh, uh, we'll talk about this more in a bit. I want, I want to read a bit more in the Bezyakov, okay? Bezyakov goes on. Okay, I said Samachalabit. He says, what it, he goes back to that Gemara. The plants are standing at the crust of the earth, just beneath the surface. He says, what does it mean that the grass is not yet? Sprouting means that all of creation was thundering, was screaming. We have power, we have potential. But we cannot birth ourselves into being. We cannot bring ourselves to the place that we feel and know we want to grow to. Without Adam, Shadam ye over Shorash had Surat Adam Milamalashu, Kalu Mikomi, the Tafrakosh Bakhur and Sanaiparach. Because in Adam, being this composite being that has, according to the Zohar, all of something of all of the Sphirot in us, according to Chazal, um, something of all of the created beings and their yearnings in us. Right? We have vegetable life in us, we have. Um, mineral life in us, we have animal life in us, we have air in us, we have we have something of all that exists. Chazal has this beautiful image of, you know, the hair is like the the plants and the trees, the 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 eyes and the breath is like the wind. Sorry, the, the breath is like the wind, the eyes and the and the fluids is like the oceans. Like we have all of the elements inside of us. And it's dafka in order to Help us be aware and empathic to the needs of all that exist, because that's what we're formed from. That's the that's the picture here. That's the picture here. And so the creation is 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 crying, is screaming. We need this composite being to bring Yeshua to us. 
in the original rendering of Breshit to allow the rain that's waiting to come down from above that we know is pregnantly suspended there in the air to come and, and, and drop itself onto me to unleash my creative potential. Our job is to facilitate the creative process in this world and bring it towards its, towards its fullness. So he goes on and he says this, he says this is about, about goof and nefesh, that, that Adam has, has body and, and, and soul, and that this, these are, we, we have the ability to bridge the material and the divine. I'm just going to read the last, post, the last line here. Yimriyahu speaks about bringing out the yakar mizolel, the precious jewel from the low, cheap, unimportant, so to speak, things. Right? Our very being is a process of, of bringing out yakar mizolel, as in a few ways. In one sense, the earth itself without Adam in this image of Chazal is is a it's alive but it's lifeless. It's it's there, but there's no activity, there's no smicha, there's no flourishing happening. And 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 specifically part of what's lacking is is a an aware point of connection between the different elements and between the cre- creation and its creator. And Adam is, is in a sense, we're, we're really formed from, from the Yakar and the Zola. The from the, what? From the interface? We are an interface, yeah. We're, we're a point of, a, a meeting point. I mean, the Shlas is something over and over again. He says that Adam is, has two aspects. There's Adam, which is Adama, which is like we're just, we're just the, the dirt of the earth. And there's Adam, which is Adamele Elyon, which is I'm likened to the highest thing in the world. And if you look even in Masa Breshit, you read the story of Masa Breshit, it's not so clear. Is Adam the most important thing in creation? Or is Adam basically the janitor of creation? Right? Because Hashem says, Oh, it'll be in the divine image. Fill the land. Dominate it. All these things as if like Adam's at the top of the chain. But then it's like, I'm going to build a garden. I'm going to bring this, this person in, the Avdo Shomra. What's your job in this world? You, you, you work the field. So, are you the gardener? Or are you the king? Or prince? And, and we're both. And we're, we're Dafka both. Because we're, we're holding the poles of, of Masa Breshit together. We embody those poles. And that's what allows us to do our job here in this world. To hold a vision of greatness, of shlemut, of some redemptive vision of what can be. And to, to care enough about the lowly stuff that is, because that's what affects us in the most immediate way. Because that's what we're formed from also. I live right here, which is why I care about what happens right here. If I only... And this, you know, conqueror. So I wouldn't care about the world. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be, be praying for things. I would exist on some kind of elevated plane. Oh, well, so there's a piece of me that knows something very elevated, but that's not. That's not how I exist. I exist in the in the earth. I exist in the dirt. I roll around in the dirt every morning. I wake up again and I wipe boogers out of my eyes. That's you know, breathing life into, into dust. This is, this is the depiction of Chazal. And but people are essential for B'yas HaOlam not because merely from this sense of entitlement. We are essential in as much as we carry a, an awareness that's necessary for this world to um, reach its hoped, imagined, uh, purpose, destiny, desire. The desire of creation rests on there being consciousness of God 
here in this world. And that's what's responsible for our awareness, what we call human awareness, and that's what what the purpose of us having all these amazing abilities to make kind of funky gadgets and do all kinds of brilliant things in the world, that's what it's for. It's for there to be awareness of God here in this world, for there to be goodness of, of the divine reflected in, in the way that the earth itself functions. The next um, paragraph of Beis Yaakov Otmem, he speaks again about this idea of Nase Adam, of all of creation giving of itself to create this, this human form. And um, I mean, like four sentences down, what is the purpose of, of, of the world? Why does God turn to the world and say, why don't you all give of yourselves to, to create this being with me? Because what, what is the presence of human, humankind's allowance for the world? For the different elements to give to one another to share and interact with one another. Before there was a human being in the world, creation was afraid to give of itself, one to the other. Now he goes on, he says, because the, the one who had its cough was afraid, what if I give of myself and it gets misused? If my strength gets misused? There's other renderings in, in Sifri Chassidut and Kabbalah where there was a fear to share because I'm gonna I'm gonna lose something if I give of myself. There's not a, a sense of trust that I give, you know, my koach into creation. What if it's what if it's um, used for the wrong thing? But once we once creation sees that there's some. Being that can that can hold the picture of the all of yeah, there's a plant and there's the earth and there's a waterfall and there's an animal and there's a sun and all of these portions need one another and can can give and and receive and live in in a harmonious, beneficial, mutually beneficial way together, right? Which requires this composite being to really recognize and understand. That's what allowed then creation to give one to, to, to the other. Which is back to that story that we saw. The, the grass not coming out and the rain not falling. Waiting for there to be somebody who can help the two sides. It's like being a mediator. Yeah, It's okay for you to give to benefit the other. You're not going to lose out. There will be a mutually beneficial cyclical process that all of creation can engage in. And then he goes on, he says, this is why it says that that when Adam is created and becomes a, a, a living entity, the Unculus, as we saw last week, says a spirit that can speak. Because he says real speech is not just throwing words out into the ether. Real speech is something that's Mitchaber. I'll read you his language. Koch Adibor. Lo nikra Adibor hapitput achitzoni. What is Dibor? What's real speech? Real speech, it's not external chatting. Rak ikar koch Adibor hu mashem ashpia chadachabero mikocho mituvato. The true power of speech is. Speech is what allows one to give of their strength and goodness to another. I can share what I have with you. I can convey something of myself and give it to you. So that can be through speech. It could be through, through action. But speech is, in a sense, relationship in action. What's send it back to your question. What's missing without Adam is the power of relationship. It could be that, the yes, the mountains... Quake, like, like Tehillim says, in the presence of God. Or the mountains melt, like we say a couple at Shabbat. But, but the mountains aren't talking to the rivers. The forests aren't talking to the oceans. The, the deer and the ants and the sun. Now, what does that mean? Like, take it out of its mythic um, picture. 
What does it mean, tachlis? It means that our ability, let's take a, let's, let's unravel, unravel, unravel this a little bit. What is the koach adibor that we have? Yes, other animals can speak and communicate. And yes, plants speak and they communicate. What's different about our speech? Part of what's different about our speech is that we can mamash build unforeseen realities through our ability to communicate. Most of the communication that happens in the, in the non-human world is transmitting messages about safety, about food, the need to, to reproduce, survival. Yeah, it's to sustain the survival of the species. Our speech relates to things way beyond survival. It relates to ideas, it relates to dreams, it relates to wondering. Like, as, as, as brilliant as the, the, the language of, of the animals are, do they sit at night and talk to each other about what they think might exist beyond the stars? Like, why the heck is there this crazy thing in the human consciousness that, that, that has caused people for millennia to lie down at night and look at the sky and, and wonder about it? about the meaning of life. The meaning. So so this is where the role of human awareness in, in the process of creation takes on importance. Because we can see what's here and we can wonder and dream and actually think out to create what's not here. And in doing so, we can we can see how do these different elements of the natural world, how do they actually interact? Oh, and once we understand how they can interact, how can we help benefit the interaction and facilitate the fullest engagement and chibur between the different elements that exist? How do we help the world grow beyond what it is? Now, I have to say we fail terribly at this all the time, right? We're pretty close to destroying the world from, because of our brilliance. But the, the challenge and, 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 and purpose of a human being who is one who, who can pray is about using that ability to bring the fullest awareness of, of, of God and goodness to bear on the created world. Would the world be okay without us? It would be. But there wouldn't be a conversation between God and creation and among creation itself. And that Gemara is saying, this, this creation is, is part and parcel, this conversation, this communication is part and parcel of, of, of the purpose of there being in this world so when when Adam comes onto the scene and is there to bring the siyah hasadeh to life you know, what, what, what would it be like for us to step into, into tefillah with by just first reminding ourselves that, oh, I exist here in a relational field. My body, my cells, that which nourishes my, my existence. My entire surrounding, my physical surroundings are giving me, are, are, are supporting my, my life in this moment. And you could take that as broad as possible from, you know, the Big Bang and stardust and gravitational pull on the movement of the planets to the oxygen that I breathe to the, the cells of my skin and the molecules. You could take that to family history and biology. You could take that to psychology. You could take that to relationships. You can take it to all of those things, depending on how much hachana you want to invest in this. But when I, when I can feel my existence as part of this relational field 
of existence. And all of these entities, lives, facets of existence that meet each other in my own being, what's it like to pray from that perspective? What's the what's the what 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 kind of awareness even just comes to mind when I when I when I sit in that? And I want to stress, this is not separate from what's written in our sitter. I'm not going to go through this step by step, and and it's it's part of the challenge that we have is that we have a sitter, and prayer is something that lives in a book that somebody wrote a few thousand years ago with words that we might not understand. But I'll just give you a, a very brief sketch here. The Seder Hatfila mentioned Birkos Hashachar. What am I doing when I'm saying Birkos Hashachar? I'm paying attention to every part of my basic physical functioning and recognizing that unique divine gift of being alive in my physical being. Awareness, vision, body movement, being able to stand. Shelter and clothes, identity. Like this is just—it's very the simple, simple stuff. I get to Pesukei Zimra, and I'm talking about the sky and the animals and the sea and the the praises of the world. You know, if I didn't have Pesukei Zimra written in a book, I could maybe walk through a forest and just pay attention to everything that's happening. And then I get to Birkos Kriyat and I'm recognizing the movement of the planets as a reflection of heavenly bodies and, and realms that exist beyond the, the earthly realm that I perceive. I recognize the movement of day and night, sun, moon, stars, as this heavenly choir that I'm listening to and praying with. And then I proclaim the unity of everything in Oh, before I do that. Then I say, oh, and, and, and God decided to tell me about this. There's Ava Rabba. There's this amazing expression of love where for some crazy reason, the divine source of everything is communicating to me about, about the meaning and underpinnings of, of this existence that I'm, that I'm part of. Then I could just proclaim the oneness of, of everything that is and, the, and get in touch with the passionate love that can be aroused from that awareness. And then finally, bit by bit, I recognize that God has, you know, intervened to redeem me and save me and my people historically time and time again and brought me to this very moment in Geula before Tefillah. And then I can approach God and, 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 and recognize that, oh, and me and this God, we really have something, we really do have this very intimate relation, way of relating to each other. And here I am speaking to that source of what is. It doesn't do it justice, but but I'm I'm just I'm 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 trying to kind of negotiate here the the vast difference between what these makara seem to be saying and what it's like for us to pray. Because we walk into a room and we have fluorescent lights and we open a book and we try to say as many words as we can in 42 minutes. And we come out saying, like, okay, well, I did my tefillah. But what the heck is going on? So my hope here is we're going to be going step by step by step by step here, but I'm trying to not only open the windows of what's informing prayer in its essential purpose and, and more fundamental view of what it really is, and, and to slowly, bit by bit, allow us to start to look for ways where that can actually meet our experience of what it is that we're doing. How can I do what I'm doing with a little bit of a broader and deeper and it could be that it's for a moment. It could be that it's for one moment of those 45 minutes. It could be that it's for two words the whole week of my tefillah. It could be that I stop once in my tefillah the whole week and I just take it in for a minute. And then I say the next word. It's the image here that Chazal is painting for us, and I think really that the evolutionary process itself leads us to be aware of it also, is that one of the, the unique standing and ability of a human being in this world is that there's 
the potential to care for all that is, you know? So if that's the ecosystem from which I'm created and formed the way that I am, with my unique ability to perceive, my unique ability to communicate, my unique ability to, to have emotional connection and, 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 and care about things. So for me at least, it, it affirms the sense of, okay, you know, you have this question like, well, does it matter that I walk around saying words to God? What are these magic words that are supposed to like work? Right? But, but, but what if we take a much more basic perspective, which is, just like the sun nourishes the plants and helps the process of photosynthesis take place through those chemical reactions, well, if my cares are born from the ecosystem that I'm part of, maybe my cares filter back into that ecosystem too. Maybe just to spend a few minutes a day caring about the world is something to value and it's something of value. You know? We communicate on so many levels. The plants don't need to say anything to communicate and do the things they do. And while I'm saying words, the feelings in my body, heart, and awarenesses of my mind, those filter into my environment as well. Those are part of the siyah chasadeh. Those are part of that conversation that we are here to be partaking in. Uh, I'll just say one more thing is that pay attention in this week's parsha. It's not for nothing that when Yitzchak Avinu goes to pray, it says, He's the person who goes to have the field conversation. He's the person who has the field conversation. And I wonder. I wonder if part of why Yitzchak is the one who returns to that kind of most fundamental form of prayer is because Yitzchak is also acutely aware that he basically lives on a prayer, that he is born from prayer, that his, his birth is the, you know, hundred-year wait, and his life after the Akedah is the, is the miraculous rebirth. So, so for Yitzchak to pray, it's like, oh, I... I know prayer as just sinking into that conversation that's taking place here in the field because my very being is really just part of this unfolding gift of creation. I feel like, I feel like this material is, whatever it is that I really want to say about it, I don't feel I can so I'm, I'm hoping that you're picking up what I'm not able to say here. And I'll keep trying to say what I really, the closest that I, that I really would like to and wish to say about it. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, go to shalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Kohn. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.